Hey there, this is Adam Zekas with Tom Kissingbear from the IDP Read and React IDP podcast right here at DLF. Uh, say hello, Tom. It's you, you, chap, golly, good gosh. Here I am. Uh, great. Uh, anyway, um, if you're interested in getting started with IDP and Dynasty Leagues or looking for a way to dominate your IDP Leagues, then our show is for you. Isn't that right, Tom? Ah, yes, my good man. And of course, I bring the coveted data and insight that can only come from a monarch-loving, tea-slurping, crumpet muncher such as myself. Yep, very very cool, Tom. Very cool. Um, Well, you can find our podcast right here in the DLF Family of Podcast feed on DynastyFootball.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at The Read and React. Welcome to the DLF Dynasty Podcast with your hosts, Dan Myler, Ryan McDowell, and Matt Price. Yeah, we are the DLF Dynasty Podcast. I am Dan, that's Ryan, over there is Matt, and we are on episode 524 of the pod, and we got a, we got a lot of fun stuff to get to this week. Going to change things up just a little bit matt came up with another fun game for ryan and i to play we're gonna uh keep dynasty weird a little bit that's a new segment that we're gonna add in there and then and then a great conversation about dlf adp versus underdog uh, adp we're gonna try to try to i don't know talk it out talk it through and see if dynasty managers are valuing some of these young players properly uh, before we get to that, though, let's bring in Matt and Ryan. Matt, how you doing, bud? Doing well. Uh, it's been a big weekend of Scott Fishbowl. I'm sure Ryan will speak to that as well, but lots of stuff on the back end, getting uh, people set up, uh, you know, timeouts, taking care of, like, customer service kind of stuff. And I got to host the last few hours, co-host the last few hours of the SFB Potathon with with Sal, whose voice was definitely in need of a break after 36 hours <laughs> Uh, of podcasting just insane like what that guy was able to do yeah sfb uh just kicked off for us we're recording on monday night ryan and i know you have a lot to do with scott and everything that he does for scott fishbowl it's such a fun event and i know there's so many people really hundreds and maybe like thousands of people that that are excited about it every single year it's so great when it kicks off and it starts going and you're making the picks and stuff, but there is a lot of stuff going on behind the scenes to get it going, of course. Uh, you're not just sitting there waiting for your pick, of course, to, to, to make that selection. No, I mean, for me, I don't know if Matt would agree. He's helped uh, certainly more this year than ever before, but you kind of almost forget about your own draft uh, because oh, sure. you're, you're trying to keep the plate spinning and replace no-shows and, and answer questions. You know, we're... We're using Sleeper for the first time this year, so um, lots of there's Sleeper questions, there's MFL questions, there's you know it, it's really nonstop, uh, but it's been uh, it's been a fun day to kick things off, and uh, I, I started with that Bengal stack in my draft of, of Burrow and Chase, so I'm I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, I've only made one pick so far. The fun part for me so far guys has been the regional aspect of it there's a lot of guys that names i kind of recognize a little bit i got a friend of mine uh from from high school in in my league uh so we get to play fantasy football together for the first time that's a lot of fun a guy from my home league happens to be in as well uh so um you know that that's been kind of fun to to get to know some of the people around the industry that are in the same area especially me here in the midwest there's there's not a lot of industry industry people from South and North Dakota, uh, really. But the few that are here, uh, it's cool to get to know them just a little bit in the chat and everything, see how they draft as well. So we got a lot of fun stuff to get to this week, and we certainly want to get to it all. So we better fire things up right away here. The Startup. It was inevitable, guys. It was going to happen. We were going to we were going to have a show with the startup being Baker Mayfield traded to the Carolina Panthers. It, it feels like it was written in the stars, Matt. Something that was that was going to happen. He gets he gets sent for a, a conditional draft pick. Maybe it's a fifth rounder. Maybe it's a fourth rounder. We'll see, depending on how much uh, how much playing time Baker gets. But 
take me back to that moment. You saw the news. What what first popped into your head, Matt? My my first thought was, you know, it was kind of like a eh, you know, but <laughs> but, but but digging but digging a little bit deeper, you know, I think it I think we have to consider it an upgrade from Darnold and it's a little bit sad that we may not see Corral at this point in Baker unless Baker just completely implodes. But like this has to be seen, I think, as an upgrade for DJ Moore and the rest of the, the receiving options there. Um, you know, he's he's very well versed in, in throwing to the running back position with Kareem Hunt there in Cleveland and now with obviously an upgrade there with Christian McCaffrey. So uh, I, I, I I took a few shots in, in late startups uh, uh, on kind of grabbing him cheap in auctions for, you know, less than five percent of budget in a couple of cases. So um, I'm I'm optimistic. Uh, you know, we have that we have that thing from last year, too, about how in week one, week one or week two, he, he hurt his shoulder and basically played all season as that. So if he's completely healthy now, he's got some decent weapons there in Carolina. Um, so uh, I think we should be optimistic that he can kind of bounce back a bit. And there, there's so many moving parts to it. And we'll bring Ryan into the conversation here, the DJ Moore piece of it. There's other receivers, of course, in Carolina as well. How does he affect Christian McCaffrey? We know the Matt Corral part of this thing because Sam Darnold's already already on that roster. It, it, outside of Mayfield's like general dynasty value, even in Superflex, with that team, it feels like the, the, the real takeaway is DJ Moore, right? He's the guy that we... We, we, we want to do well. We've seen him do well, even with poor quarterbacks or, or second or third rate starting quarterbacks. Maybe Baker Mayfield is at least a small step up, maybe even a larger step up uh, from some of the quarterbacks DJ Moore has played with in the past. Can he unlock something inside of DJ Moore that, that can maybe propel him to the next level? Well, I mean, I, th- I certainly think he can. I mean, we're, you know, in Baker Mayfield, we're, it, it's easy to forget this. It seems like forever ago, but I mean, this is a guy who was a top five dynasty quarterback not that long ago, right? And, and, and not really deserved, but they make the trade for, for Odell Beckham years ago. And, uh, and we were looking at Baker Mayfield as a long-term dynasty asset and, and basically everything's gone wrong for him since. So, you know, I think there's been some conversation this offseason about Mitch Trubisky and the new chance he's going to get in Pittsburgh uh, and, and kind of just the mindset of maybe it was just the Bears. You know, maybe it wasn't Trubisky that was this bad. Maybe it was the situation, the Bears, the offense, whatever. And I think we're going to have some of those same kind of conversations about Baker Mayfield now that he's out of Cleveland. Maybe it was just that situation. Uh, he had some certainly some poor coaching staffs. Uh, there in his in his limited time, uh, so I'm I'm excited certainly for DJ Moore as you said as you said Dan, but I'm I'm thinking we might be able to see Baker Mayfield regain some real dynasty value here. What's what's the upside of that? He's not going to get back into that top five conversation, but, no. but is there a low end quarterback one type of sure. ultimate upside sure. for Baker? I at mean, this point? we saw that with Ryan Tannehill after after the dynasty community had had given up on him and he he lost his starting job and, and had to find a new home. Uh, it's not the exact same path for those two, but uh, Tannehill reached that low end QB one status. Uh it's a little more crowded now. You know, we like some of those young guys at uh, Lance and, and Fields and Lawrence that are hanging out there at the back end of the QB1 rank. So I don't know if it's going to be quite as easy of a path for Baker to get back there. But, um, you know, could he be a, a top 15 or 18 quarterback, both in value and production? I, I, I think he could for sure. Baker played 14 games last season for the Browns and only had one quarterback, one finish. In fact, that came in at quarterback 12 Mm. in week nine against the Bengals. He he had a couple right there in the teens, but it was certainly a down season for Baker Mayfield. You know, at this point, I think most of us would anticipate that he's going to win that starting job, Matt. I I know they say that there's going to be a competition, Sam Darnold, and they gave up more for Darnold than they did for Baker and, and all that stuff, the assumption is Baker will be the guy under center. What do you, what do you think of his upside? How, how, how can he turn things around, I guess, for his career and then ultimately help out dynasty managers this season? I mean, he's been a mid quarterback too for, you know, except for last year, I guess, uh, for, for, for the majority of his career so far. Um, we saw him top out at 
at quarterback 16, I think, in his rookie years. He finished at 17 uh, the year after that, and I think 19 in 2020, something something around, around those ranges. So I think we can expect similar production. In terms of him versus Darnold, I think we've already seen Darnold in this offense. Um, I know he had some injury concerns early on. Uh, last season too so I think it will probably be a a, a true competition uh, but I find it hard to believe that they're going to pass up playing Baker Mayfield against the Browns in week one when the Browns are paying the majority of his salary so I just want to see that storyline play out uh, so I'm, 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 I'm betting that it's going to be May- Mayfield in week one yeah I, I really think so too you know we mentioned DJ Moore of course Robbie Anderson Christian McCaffrey there's a you know I when I when I mentioned when I when I saw the news right away, DJ Moore was the guy that popped into yep. my head. The guy that that maybe there's something there. And DJ Moore's been such a he's been a really good player. He's kind of overlooked when it comes to dynasty values, and that's kind of odd to say for a guy that that's in his mid twenties, only been around for a handful of seasons, and always has come through. It feels like year in and year out. Maybe maybe it's because he's up and down because of the quarterback and the coaching situations there. But um, really, if you look at it from a pure football standpoint, DJ Moore always comes through for what they ask him to do. When he was a rookie, they asked him to be that underneath option, that guy that that caught the ball and ran with it after the catch. In his second year, he was asked to be that deep threat and and, and stretch the field vertically. And then last year, again, he was that intermediate guy, um, and they asked him to do more stuff around the line of scrimmage. So, you know, DJ Moore can really do, do anything he's asked to do. He just needs an offense that'll that'll capitalize on those skills and a quarterback that can get him the ball. I, I, I really think that, you know, say what you want about Baker Mayfield, he's probably the best. Him in 2022 is probably the best quarterback that DJ Moore has ever caught passes from. So if you look at it in that light, Ugh. maybe there is a chance for DJ Moore to take even a small step forward in 2022. Ryan, I know that's not saying a whole lot. It, you know, man, that that's that's some poor quarterback play that we've had in Carolina. Yeah, I mean, it, it's been somewhat of the same conversation with Allen Robinson. You know, we've always wanted a Rob to get to get that quarterback upgrade. He he finally has it this year. Uh, DJ Moore hasn't had to wait quite that long four years in the league with with some of that bad quarterback play that you talked about. But as you said, he's still produced. I mean, you take out his his rookie year, uh, the past three years. He's been a top 24 wide receiver in 49% of his games. So essentially half the time he's out there, he's giving you a top 24 performance with some real, uh, with some real ceiling games. We're looking at, at uh, three games with 25 or more fantasy points over the past three years, giving you one of those blow up games a year and then several more in the 18 to 20 point fantasy range. Um, so I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see him with that slight quarterback upgrade and, you know, the Panthers are just going to continue to try to figure this out. And if it's not Baker, it'll be somebody new next year. For him, it's got to be about Moore's those touchdowns, you going. know, like he's broken. A, he's has a streak of three straight seasons with four touchdowns. Can we get him to eight? I bet we'll see uh, uh, see the fantasy community be much more excited about more if we can get those touchdown numbers up. Well, he started so hot last season, yeah. right? That that four game stretch to start the season. Yeah. Uh, after a, a six for 80, which happened to be the wide receiver 32 in week one, he had back to back to back wide receiver one finishes wide receiver 12 in week two, eight for 79 and a score wide receiver 12 again in week three, eight for 126. And then in week four, his biggest game of the season against the Cowboys last year, uh, wide receiver four overall, eight catches, 113 yards and two touchdowns. And we thought maybe it was Sam Darnold that that was taking that big step forward and and he was going to unlock DJ Moore and become that wide receiver one that we wanted him to be for for all four of his years in the in the league. He only caught one more touchdown after that, guys, and and really struggled to be on the same page with whoever was under center there in Carolina. So hopefully we we get this all figured out over the next few weeks, really. Right, uh, training camp is right around the corner. Um, that week one game against Cleveland, man, that storyline, Matt, is going to be great. Uh, I hope, I really hope it is uh, Baker Mayfield under center. But they, they don't have a lot of time to figure it out for DJ Moore's sake, for Robbie Anderson's sake, even for Christian McCaffrey's sake. He needs a guy that will deliver the ball to him as well. Uh, let's jump into our second segment, guys. This one's going to be fun. 
You down with ADP? Yeah, you know me. And we are always down with ADP here on the DLF Dynasty Podcast. And this week, we are doubling up on the ADP. We are going to compare DLF Dynasty ADP that we collect every month to the most recent underdog ADP. And, you know, you guys hear me hear me do the reads every single week about underdog, and they have a great service over there for all their redraft stuff. They got daily-type games, um, prop bet-type games over there. But right now, their, their main, the, the, the main contest going on over at underdog is a big one. It's called Best Ball Mania 3, a season-long best ball league. And it has grand prize of $2 million. The three of us are involved in this. We're trying to take home that big prize. Um, and so, so we've gotten familiar with this ADP just a little bit. And there are some young players, particularly guys that are either rookies or in, going into their second year, whose ADPs on underdog are actually earlier than their dynasty ADPs. And that is, that's really shocking, Ryan, when, when you think about the... The Dynasty Collective, us as a whole, we are considered ages, right? Most most Dynasty manager or, or fantasy players would say, "Oh, you're a Dynasty manager. You probably th- you probably overdraft every rookie, every second year player." But that doesn't seem to be the case in all these situations. When you started uncovering these names, just in general, not specific to any player, what what was your biggest takeaway with these guys? Well, I mean, I think you hit on the first point that in general, when you think dynasty, you're thinking that we're going to overvalue young players. So that's the first piece is that for, for a young player, first or second year player to be valued higher in the, in the, in a redraft league compared to dynasty is a surprise. We've got a handful of them here today, including some uh, some high-profile guys that we'll talk about and really kind of dig into the dig into them specifically. But uh, to me, ADP is is essentially a confidence scale, right? How confident are you in that player? And of course, in when we're talking about underdog, it's that best ball format and a seasonal format. How confident are you in that player to help you? Uh, win win the grand prize to win the money in in this format um in dynasty it's a different conversation how confident are you that this player will help you at some point win a championship maybe it's not this year maybe it's long long term next year the year after what have you um but again that goes back to the age if if we are confident in these guys why aren't they being valued uh higher in, in dynasty adp compared to underdog and that's a good breakdown of to really kick it off, kick off this conversation because because underdog managers are they're they're trying to win a big prize, right? You're you're trying to do something different sometimes. Maybe you're forced into uh, not not necessarily reaching, but but extending your hope for a younger player farther than you would have if you're in a in a league with your buddies or, or a bunch of sharp players and you only have one chance to win underdog managers get get unlimited really chances to win this this two million dollar prize so maybe you're you're trying something new when you when you build this specific team and that drives up some of these adps nevertheless i think the main main takeaway from the guys we're about to talk about is that there is a collective of, I guess you could maybe call it high stakes um, redraft players that are valuing some of these young players and the, and the hopefulness of, of their breakout season at a higher level than dynasty managers who would absolutely benefit from a breakout season for these guys. So let's get through this list of, of names. And I think we the, the most obvious guy to talk about first, Matt, is Amon Ross St. Brown, the second-year receiver for the Lions. His DLF ADP puts him at wide receiver 37. On underdog, though, wide receiver 29. It seems like those underdog managers, us again, uh, are, are, are really buying into that second-year um, continuance, I guess, of the second half of his rookie season, which was so great. So for you specifically with Amon Ross St. Brown, what – what 
do you think dynasty managers are missing potentially that underdog managers are saying, hey, I got to buy in earlier? Yeah, I mean, I think there's well, first I want to one more add one more point to the the reason why I think maybe some underdog ADPs are pushed up. And I don't think that's necessarily the guy with Amon Ross and Brown. But you may have heard lately a lot of talk about week 17 correlation plays like you want to have uh, in week 17 is where kind of all the money is run. And that the end of that underdog tournament is is large this year. I think it's like 400 and 400 plus teams for that final week. So people are trying to build correlation into their lineups where if one team kind of scores really well, then it the, the, the thinking is that the player on the opposite side, especially at the wide receiver position, uh, may, you know, score a lot to kind of keep up with that. Um, for Amon Ross and Brown, though, the, the Lions, they play they play the, 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 the Chicago Bears in Week 17, so I don't personally see that being a, a high-scoring game based on what we know about Chicago at the moment. Um, but I think that underdog drafters do have this one more correct than dynasty drafters do at this point. Amon Ross St. Brown and wide receiver 37, like you mentioned, is sitting there behind guys like Brandon Cooks at wide receiver 35, Mike Williams at 33. So you can't really throw the age thing in there uh, on this one saying that we, we, we push up those young guys because he's sitting behind lots of these other older veterans. Um, and, you know, I would personally have him higher than all of those guys in, in dynasty as well. I think you could probably push him up. We could have a conversation all the way up uh, in the wide receiver 27 range where Amari Cooper is sitting right now, Keenan Allen at wide receiver 24, Mike Evans at 22. I mean, you could, depending on how you want to play the age situation with him, um, you could you could get him up into the top 20 pretty easily, I think. So I don't necessarily have him that high, but I do have him higher than wide receiver 37. And, you know, we saw that torrid pace he was on at the end of last season. Jamison Williams is in town now, but we don't know if he's going to be healthy. And even if he is, uh, and I know he produced under duress with all of those targets, uh, DeAndre Swift down at points in the season, uh, TJ Hawkinson down at certain points in the season. And a lot of his production came during that time. But I think it's clear that Goff and him have a rapport and, uh, you know, at least until Jamison Williams really starts firing on all cylinders, I think we can count on Brown as that wide receiver one there in Detroit. And that 37, uh, I would imagine, comes up in uh, our July ADP, which we're collecting now. You know, I, I, Ryan, do you, do, do you feel like it's, it, it's, it's better at wide receiver 29 or wide receiver 37? Where, where do you land on? I think he's too low in, in dynasty ADP as well. And the real, for me at least, the real point of this conversation is not just who's right, redrafters or dynasty, but it's really, it's really kind of digging into why. Um, because again, the expectation is that we as dynasty community would always value those younger players higher. So if that's not the case, why? And and I think, you know, we've got some pretty obvious biases as dynasty players. Age is one of those. So that that's not the case this time, but draft capital is another, uh, and we hang on to that draft capital, uh, sometimes too long. You know, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown, I believe, was a day three pick, went a little bit later, fell later than most expected. He was a, a late second or a third round rookie pick uh, last year. And he came out and had a, a, an unbelievable rookie season. And for whatever reason, we're we're maybe holding that draft capital against him, maybe holding the team situation against him that the Lions are uh, – not necessarily very good. I think they'll be a lot better than they were over the past couple of years though. So really kind of addressing those biases and then deciding uh, if, if that's, if that's a good thing, you know, I don't think having a bias is always a negative thing, but in this case, it's, it's maybe hurting the value of Amon Ross St. Brown. Yeah, Ryan, uh, I, I completely agree. The draft capital thing is a big thing uh, for for dynasty drafters at third round ADP. We always we kind of write these guys off like the third rounders. They do not really, um, you know, in, in general, their hit rate is not large. And we didn't see a hit in Amon Ross St. Brown hit for a, a, a large portion of the season as well. Um, but let's move on to this next guy. I know this is somebody that both you and Dan like, Kadarius Tony. He's wide receiver 50 in June's DLF ADP versus wide receiver 43 on underdog. Um, I'm going to assume that you guys both have him way higher than 50 in your dynasty rankings. 
Yeah, I've I've got Kadarius Tony, Tony higher than fifty, but again, you're you're trying to really find the why here, and I can't find it. I don't know. I don't yeah. know what it is that that redraft players, that underdog players, you know, like so much. Honestly, about Kadarius Tony, I like him long term, but I, I think in in the short term, there's it's a very crowded uh, depth chart right now. You know, that'll kind of shake itself out, but I'm. I'm not confident in saying that Tony will be the top target by any means. We saw some flashes last year. We saw injuries last year. And those that that's kind of the Kadarius Tony story is that he's going to be an exciting player, but he's not always going to be on the field. So uh, to look at him as a player that uh, underdog uh, players are, are grabbing as a, as a wide receiver four with some upside. I mean, again, you're talking about price, so it's not, uh, you know, it doesn't hurt too much to, to me, take that shot, like maybe but I'm still surprised is, to see him valued higher in the redraft community a, than in that are dynasty. kind of tainted a little bit in the dynasty mind mindset. There, there was so much negativity surrounding him when he was drafted so early uh, by the Giants, yep. and yep. the expectation going into that draft was that he'd fall to late in the first round or perhaps even the second round. And when he landed with a quarterback that, that nobody really trusts and in an offense where, where we're, we haven't seen really a dynamic player since Odell Beckham Jr. was there, at least at the wide receiver position, of course, Saquon has been from time to time as well, there, there's just so, many negative, there, so much negativity surrounding Tony that it, it's hard for dynasty managers as a group to, to get on board, and that's what pushed that ADP all the way down to wide receiver 50. Maybe... Maybe we as a group at DLF are, are a little bit swayed because of that from time to time. And I think Tony's a good example of, of how that happens. We, we see all that negativity on Twitter. We see all the negativity um, like even on, even on pregame shows on, on, uh, on TV and things like that. And that, that pushes us that way where these, these – high stakes players, these people that are trying to, to get the big payday are willing to, to put their $25 out there and invest in a player, at least from time to time, uh, in, in somebody with that, that kind of, kind of surging, uh, big time, massive weekly upside. And that's what Tony is to me. He's, he's a guy that, that can win you a week. And when you're trying to win millions of dollars, Tony, Tony fits that bill to me. He's a player that can put you over the top if you have the right build around him. Whereas dynasty managers too often say, man, he, he's never, he wasn't on the field even when he had the big week. Nobody had him in their roster, on their roster. And we heard all these things as a rookie and, and in the draft process that, that just make me want to shy away. So that pushes him down the board. I, I believe he's much closer to 43. In fact, I ran through my favorite wide receivers from 1 to 50, and he landed at number 40. So I'm even a little bit higher on Tony from a dynasty manager as a dynasty manager than even underdog is. And I, I've talked about the reasons why I like Tony. Um, I just I, I think I, th- I think this is a perfect example of dynasty managers allowing that that those preconceived notions from the from the draft process to filter into to and then and then also what happened before um, in the in the off season this year before even rookie minicamp and during the draft process this year to completely overwhelm the positivity that we saw in the limited time that he was on the field last year. I think I think underdog one spike week. Are Maybe we're looking for that spike week in week seventeen. 40s, you know, looking like for a spike. I think that's the, the driver for the, the underdog group of uh, weeks. ADP. They're they're looking for six or seven weeks where he can carry your team, put up wide receiver one numbers, and that is in the realm of possibility for Tony. Yeah. The players that you're drafting around of him, very few can, can do that, and, and dynasty managers should should see that as well. Let's talk about another wide receiver, guys, Nico Collins of the Texans. Another, you know, maybe it's not a huge difference, but Nico Collins is wide receiver 83, Ryan, on DLF. He's wide receiver 77 on underdog. Only six spots, six, seven spots. But, but again, dynasty managers are a little behind the curb. These underdog managers are thinking to themselves, 
He's going to be on the field quite a bit. We we need to cash in now. Okay. Well, we have John Mechie. We have the new toy for Dynasty, <laughs> right? And now he's got the injury, but we also have, in Dynasty, we also have short-term memories sometimes that we give up on these players uh, after year one if they don't hit. And, uh, you know, Nico Collins was fine. Yeah, but obviously a terrible situation in Houston. But we've already moved on to, to your guy, Mechie, Dan. So I think that's a lot of the reason for a discrepancy with Collins. Well, I, I think we look at, we look at, uh, at Nico Collins and think, yeah, the situation, he's probably going to be a starter this year. He's, he'll be the wide receiver, too, uh, behind Brandon Cooks in that offense. But you don't necessarily look at him as a long-term starter. So in this situation, even though he's a young player, and, and again, typically we would value those that youth, um, I, I don't think dynasty managers are looking at Collins and thinking that he might be a, a three-, four-, or five-year starter for the Texans or for anybody else, but rather a short-term option this year and then potentially replace. So um, this is actually one that I kind of understand the discrepancy. I don't necessarily think either group is, is wrong in this situation. And I, I don't feel the need to, you know, to change rankings or, or anything like that. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and when you're talking about wide receivers, six and seven on a roster, it's hard to get too upset about a six or seven uh, spot discrepancy between underdog and DLF dynasty ADP. I, I tend to tend to think we are a tad low. I, I can find seven or eight names above Nico Collins that I would certainly push down below him in our ADP. And, and maybe it's just simply because he was a late draft pick and there wasn't all that buzz coming into his career like some of the other players you see above him. Um, I, I think it's it, it, like if you had to bet on Nico Collins ADP one year from today being over or under 83, what would your bet be, guys? Because I know there's going to be another draft class, but with the opportunity coming his way, it seems pretty obvious it's his his ADP is going to be better a year from now to me. Yeah, I'd say so. I mean, it's not like we're we're asking for the world 83 if he jumps up to the 50s. Is anybody really going to be surprised? I feel like he could do that just based on volume alone as long as he's healthy and on the field. So uh, don't disagree with that at all. Let's jump to another position group, guys, and a guy that he didn't do anything as a rookie, Trey Sermon, running back for the 49ers. He's running back 76 in Dynasty ADP, running back 70 in underdogs. So those guys looking for the big payday, Ryan, they're uh, they're thinking there's a chance in San Francisco with the with the kind of musical chairs they play at tailback that Trey Sermon has a stretch where he could potentially carry a underdog team. Obviously, if it's true on underdog, it's true on Di- in Dynasty as well. How do you land here with Trey Sermon? Yeah, I think I mean I I, I do not have any confidence in Trey Sermon making an impact or really doing anything at this point. I think whether you're playing underdog or dynasty, you're, you're just chasing that situation. Like you alluded to there a little bit, Dan, um, I guess really kind of the same thing we said with Collins, you look that far down in in our dynasty ADP at the running back position. And there's some, there's some pretty rough names. So I, I could probably see, uh, could probably see Sermon moving up a little bit, but again, I, I, I don't have much confidence in him. Those were yeah. really the big changes, guys. It was it was Amon Ross, St. Brown, Kadarius Tony, Nico Collins, and Trey Sermon, all within six, seven, eight spots of each other. There are a handful of others that we found here. Terrace Marshall, um, wide receiver 93 in Dynasty, wide receiver 90 on underdog. Rondale Moore, uh, 58. 56 on underdog Travis ETN's dynasty ADP is running back 17 he's running back 16 on underdog I think it's fair to say he's moving up everywhere most likely Uh, and then Trey Lance at quarterback quarterback 11 on DLF quarterback 10 on underdog again shooting for the upside Uh, anything to add on any of these guys Matt no, I, I don't think so. I think these guys are all close enough that it's you're, you're kind of flipping the coin. I, I mean, I still like all of these guys. I think a lot of the love with ETN 
is, uh, you know, he's one of those running backs. If, if you've heard of the term running back dead zone, he falls in there and he's one of those guys that could kind of break out of that realm. And we've seen so much positive buzz on him that he's kind of been shooting up uh, the underdog ranks uh, from these these guys that are, are stacking quarterbacks with wide receivers early uh, for the tournament aspect uh, and coming back with upside running backs with ETN and Brees Hall and things like that. So and uh, us as dynasty managers, we're probably still, uh, you know, some of some of the people that drafted them earlier are still scarred a little bit from misdrafting them, you know, at 101 top top three pick and rookie drafts and and and, and now are, are hoping for that comeback. But it maybe he hasn't gotten there with everybody else. And and with Trey Lance, uh, the upside is you know undeniable for a tournament he's he's all he's almost you can almost compare him to like 29 how we thought about 2019 uh lamar jackson you know as that late round late not late round but later later drafted quarterback uh that that has a lot of rushing upside and could finish in the top three to five so uh all of these look pretty reasonable to me as we close out this segment ryan you have anything to add there just I know the the gap on ETN and Trey Lance were both just one spot, so not a not a huge difference that we have to account for. But both of those guys being young, being being high upside uh, type players and assets in Dynasty, those are the types of players that that we're typically guilty of of overdrafting. So right now in Dynasty, I'm looking at both of those guys as as major values and players that. Um, could continue to gain value in the coming months. Yeah, that was the takeaway for me as well. If you guys have listened to this conversation, including that underdog ADP, or at least a few of them, and are intrigued, then then it's perfect. For, this is a perfect time to talk about underdog fantasy, and they may be the perfect spot for you. Uh, on top of uh, all the fun stuff that we've already talked about on this th- on this episode, you get a full year of DLF Premium access if you're a new Underdog user and deposit a minimum of $10 using the promo code DLF. All you have to do is download their app or go to underdogfantasy.com, sign up using that promo code DLF, deposit $10 or more, and Underdog will match that deposit 100% up to 100 bucks, then you can use those funds to jump into Best Ball Mania 3, one of those drafts. Maybe you'll compete against me or Ryan or Matt. Uh, and that means no management all season long for those teams and the opportunity to win up to $2 million in prizes. The entries are only 25 bucks. They also have single league drafts uh, for as low as $3 or as high as $100, where you'll compete against 3 to 12 other managers. And if you're not interested in best ball, don't worry about that. There are traditional daily fantasy games, plus their pick them, head-to-head player prop games. There's so much to do over at Underdog, and all of it is so much fun. Go sign up for Underdog Fantasy today, but don't forget that promo code DLF to make sure you get your initial deposit matched and your free year of DLF premium. Happy drafting on underdogfantasy.com. Hey guys, let's play a game. Yeah, that darn Matt. He came up with another idea <laughs> for a game. Uh, Matt, what do you got us doing this week? Yeah, we got a, a little prices right game, if you guys remember that game. So I, I know I used to not call out sick because I, I work now, but when I was a kid and would stay homesick, I always look forward to watching the prices right. So we're going to be playing one of those games that we play on Dynasty Game Night Podcast. It's called ADP Cliffhanger. If you guys remember this one, it's the one where that little cliffhanger goes up and up and up the cliff. And uh, if they guess the price too 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 much wrong between the, the the price of the actual object and the price that they guessed, then they go off the cliff and they lose. So we're gonna play that game with average draft position. We have brand new July ADP uh, that is not released on the on the site yet. So what we're gonna be looking here, fellas, I'm gonna be giving you a player and. Uh, I'm going to, what I want to hear from you is what is the difference in their overall ADP, not the positional ADP from their positional, excuse me, from their ADP in in July, 2021 to their ADP now in July, 2022. 
Uh, some of these are going to be real big gaps. Some of these are tiny gaps, so I think it should be fun. We'll set the uh, the overage at 21 total. So let's we're going to add these up after every round. So let's say after the first player, uh, Dan is has has gained 10 points. He's only got 11 more to go before he rolls off that cliff. Uh, and I, I have a suspicion that, that we won't do, get through too many players that way, but we might play this all just for fun. Uh, so we'll see how this goes. Let's start off first. All right. and well, hold on, Matt. If, if you're going to do, if we're going to do prices, right, I think I got something for us here. Let's, uh, let's try this. Come on down, Ryan. Ryan was the winner of our game last week, so we're going to start with him. Or I guess a few weeks ago, whenever it was, the last time we were all together. Uh, but we're going to start out with a player who we actually just talked about. So I don't know if this is going to be fair or not. If Ryan has looked at this recently, we'll see if Ryan has any kind of advantage in this game. Uh, but we're going to start with Travis Etienne, Ryan. How many spots has he risen or fallen since this time one year ago? Um, we're looking at July. This is, is going to last one round, Matt. <laughs> um, I don't feel like he's changed value too much. Actually, I think we were valuing him pretty highly last year, and and we saw the dip uh, throughout the year after the injury. But that injury hadn't happened yet at that point uh, a year ago. I'm going to say. Seven spots difference. Ryan says seven spots, Dan. What do you think? Mm, I was I was kind of thinking the same thing. In fact, I think it maybe has risen now. There's a there's the possibility that uh, the latest news out of Jacksonville maybe maybe brought it up just a little bit. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say three spots. Three spots. You guys kind of, uh, you guys both did very well. Uh, he was running, he was the 34th player overall in 2021 July, and he is the 50, uh, excuse me, the yeah 34th player in July last year and 28th this year. So he moved up six spots. Ryan uh, has, has, has added one to it, has moved up the little mountain climber notch one, uh, and Dan has moved up by three. Okay. So not, not too, too bad. bad. You're, you're, you're still in this one, Dan. <laughs> We're going to go to uh, another running back. Dan, you might do a little bit better on this one. You've been talking about him a lot. Uh, we'll start with you this time. We're going to go to J.K. Dobbins. What is the difference in his average draft position between now and one year ago? Uh, I would say that his has dropped a little bit. Um, just because of, of the news in Baltimore. Um, and it definitely dropped, dropped over the time after the injury. So I'm going to, I think it's a little bit, a little bit more than maybe probably a few spots more than, than ETN. I'll go with, I'll go with nine spots different. Nine spots different. Ryan. Yeah, we're, we're in line on that one. I was thinking that same range as well. I'm trying to decide if I want to go over or under Dan's guess. I, will, I think he certainly lost value. On ETN, I, I, I honestly wasn't sure which direction he had gone. I didn't think he had changed much either way. I, I'm with Dan that ETN, or that uh, Dobbins has lost some value. I'll, I'll take the underside, so I'll say he's changed eight spots. Eight spots right next to each other. We're keeping this game close. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, one year ago today, was the 27th overall player. Now he Ooh. is the 34th for a difference of seven. Oh. Ryan got you by one again. One one spot again, Dan. All right. Current score. I'm going to fall off the... that, this cliff. cliff. Uh, it's going to take me a while, but I'll fall, <laughs> fall off way before he does. Dan's going to take me with him. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so Ryan's sitting at, at, at two over. Dan, you are sitting at uh, four over. Okay. All right. We're going to talk about another running back. Uh, next, we're going to talk about one Cameron Akers. I knew it. <laughs> Same. Ryan. Same I, I know the So here. it's on you this time. We're on, we're on you this time. Uh, where was he at? Or what's the difference between his July 2020 ADP and today? Um. 
I feel like a year ago he was he was really climbing in value. I think maybe even got close to being a first rounder if I'm remembering that correctly. I'm going to say he has changed 14 spots in value. Whoa. Okay. Well, we are probably maybe you might you might push me off the off the clip here cuz I I thought maybe they'd be the same. Uh, I, you're, you're making me I, the I same gonna, as who as Dobbins? No, I thought, I thought maybe he'd recovered his value all the way back. So I was going to say something closer to what we said for, for ETN. Uh, I'll stick with my gut and I'll say, I'll say four spots, four spots, Dan, this might be, uh, this might be the end of you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Let me do a little quick math here. Uh, but oh, no. Cameron Akers. That's not a good sign. 2020, 2021. His average draft position in July of 2021 was eight mm. overall. Eight. Oh, my he was goodness. A top 10 dynasty startup pick. Yeah, that's what his, I was. His average draft position today, Daniel, 33 <laughs> for a difference of 25. 25. I think you have uh, jumped off the cliff there. Uh, I. I springboard off I don't that have, thing. <laughs> you don't have the the prices right. Wah, 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 whatever it is when you. No, uh, I don't have time. that one, and I don't want it at this point. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ryan takes this game. That's two zero since we've started playing games again, Dan. But do you want to run through some more of these just for fun? Well, shouldn't we just start over? You got enough you start that we, over. It doesn't yeah, let's take start, yeah, got, We can start over. Cliff. Let's just do it again. I've got seven more players, so we can start. <laughs> all right let's do it again all right all right dan since you screwed that one up so well uh let's go to the wide receiver position let's go to justin jefferson what's the differences in his adp from one Hmm. year ago today oh okay um well we pretty much know what it is today right yeah, we know what Ish. it is today. Um, Trying to give Dan a softball here, Ryan. We're I don't think up, so. I don't think that has changed very much over the. Uh, I'll say I, I think he was probably a late first last year, and he's a pretty early one this year. So I'll say four spots. Four spots. We know we know he's a top three asset. Um, right now well you know because you've seen july adp <laughs> well we know i don't be- know that for sure we do know i don't know if he's three or two though i'm uh, guessing i don't he's either three. i don't i'm either. guessing he was seven then he might have been eight okay so i'm gonna guess he was eight so i'll say one you're, more you're giving him more information dan you gotta sh- learn to learn to shut up <laughs> all right <laughs> what I'll did say you say ryan sorry one higher than whatever whatever dan said was that f- i'll say five <laughs> dan said four spots difference you're gonna say five yeah the actual difference is seven. He was number ten oh overall last this point last season, and he's number three today. So, uh, still you're still down. We we started yeah, over, I'm Dan. You're still down, down one. McDowell All right, when it comes to ADP. <laughs> All right, right uh, Dan. Let's make, let's make this a little bit easier on you. Give me a position, uh, not including quarterback. Uh, give me another wide receiver. Another wide receiver. But All make right. McDowell go first. We'll make we'll make Ryan go first on this. It's my turn. Cortland Sutton, Ryan. That could be a big one. Yeah, we're gonna see some change here Um, for sure. I'm gonna say I don't want to I don't want to talk this one through too much. I'm gonna say (laughs) 14 spots. Ooh, okay. Um, I'm going to try to make a difference here. So I'll say, I'll probably jump off the edge because of it. Uh, I'll say six. Six spots. Dan, you actually take this one. Uh, he did not move nearly as much as I thought he would. He was 63 overall in July of 2021. And in this new ADP, he is 59 overall for a difference of four. So, uh, Dan, you, uh, you caught up quite a bit there. Nice work. All right. I'm excited. The current score is uh, five for Dan and 12 for Ryan, and we want low scores on this one. So yeah. you're, 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 looking, you're looking all right. Come on. Jump, uh, Ryan. But... Take the lead. <laughs> <laughs> all 
All right. You know we had to do. You know we had to do this one. Uh, we'll start with Dan this time. We've got to go to Kyle Pitts. I knew oh, knew man. this was coming. Of course, well, you I, did. I, it's me. I did not know that it was coming. Um, I know his June ADP for for 2021, of course, or 2022, of course. I have no idea what his 21 ADP was. Um, let's go with. 19. 19 spots. Ryan. I think that's pretty good. Guess. I think it's probably oh, higher. That was a though. guess. <laughs> well, no. That was I'm, a wild guess. I almost said nine, so I'm glad I I'm glad I doubled it. No, I don't know. I I think that was I think that's a I think that's pretty close, but I think it's even more. Uh he's certainly a first oh. rounder now, probably a top five guy. A year ago. Uh, I mean, there were people taking him 101 even a year ago before he played a game, but I think his ADP was probably in the late second or third round. I'm going to say 25 spots. I'll say 23 spots. 23 is the best 23 number. spots. Uh, you should have went with 25 because you oh. almost would have nailed it. He was 31 year ago today, and now he is fourth overall so all of the people who said that kyle pitts was going to be so much cheaper in year two i think it nobody uh, really said that that. nobody said that (laughs) nobody that you should listen to said that that, now that now that is fair that part is fair um all right uh, do we have time for one for one more dan sure hit us with another one i haven't lost yet have uh you have not lost i kind of stopped keeping track of score i think dan's still up on this one but uh He's still up by two spot, three spots on this one. So this will be the last one. This is going to determine the winner of round two. Uh, Debo Samuel, Ryan. Ooh, <laughs> this could be. Um, this is the one where we separate now, the men from the boys. Well, this is this is one where where Ryan gets a big advantage because I could see him being a first rounder in July, and he wasn't in June, right? Well, he's in that range. We kind of know the range he's in now. He's probably between. Sure. 10 and 15, right? Um, It's just remembering where he was a year ago. Um, Somebody's jumping after this one. I'm going to say he has changed 62 spots. Oh, my gosh, McDowell. That's exactly what I was going to say. No, it's not. I'm not kidding. I was (laughs) going to say 62 spots, but I think... I think I have an advantage here because if you listen to last week's podcast or the week before when it was me and Matt, uh, we talked about Debo specifically, and and I I referenced it. I think his ADP was seventy eight on that on our agenda a week ago or two hey, weeks ago. This uh, this and seems I think rigged. He's probably this seems 14, rigged a little bit. Fourteen or something like that. Now I was thinking sixty two. I'm going to switch it. I'll go to, I think it's 78 and it's 14. So I, I'll, what is, what's the difference there? 64? 64. 64. You're going 64 Four. spots? Yeah. Did I do the math wrong, Ryan? No. Oh, 64. I, I right. 64 spots. Debo Samuel in 2021, July, he was 82nd overall. Ooh. And in July 2022, he is 12 overall for a difference of 70 spots, which means that Dan finishes with a score of 8. And Ryan Dan wins. That's it. Let's go. You Next tied segment. it up. It's a, we we, we got to have a rubber match. Winner, winner, winner! I can't remember what the what's the deal at the end where of of prices. Right, you go to the winner circle. Showcase showdown. Whatever. The showdown. Yep, I'm headed over There's there. There's a I'm great. Gonna, I'm gonna uh, win the boat. There's a great, and this is a non sequitur, but there's a great uh, documentary on Netflix right now called The Perfect Bid, yeah, which is, that about, is good. Uh, about a contestant on uh, Price is Right, which is fantastic. It is very good. Yeah, we, we wanted to get another segment into the show this week. Do you think we can we can sneak yeah, it in here, just, guys? Yeah, yeah, do it, Dan. All right, it's a first time, so let's hit the button. Keep Dynasty Weird. Ryan, you used to write a... A, a regular article or at least semi-regular article about keeping mm-hmm. dynasty weird with unique yep. dynasty ideas right that was the premise of those articles and we were trying to 
we when we, we we came up with all these drops for the new uh the new new way we were going to do the podcast we threw this one in here and i guess this is the week that we we break it out because here in the last week or so ryan we we've had the uh the pleasure i guess of hosting the contract chaos uh dispersal and second chance auction so you know second chance probably isn't all that new to a lot of dynasty managers right guys it you know it's relatively known now that any any manager can jump into that second chance throw their whole team away and get in with all the new teams in the dispersal have an auction or draft and have a bunch of fun but contract chaos ryan is is a brainchild of myself and you of course matt was in it last year as well and and we've had a lot of fun with it for sure ryan yeah definitely um i mean i remember starting those or doing some of those articles years ago and um i mean when i when i was doing those just really just a contract league was enough to qualify as as kind of one of those weird leagues one of those unique leagues that differed from the norm and uh i I created that second chance rule and, and leagues based around that and that certainly was was weird for a while. And, and as you said, it's kind of uh, not quite the norm, but certainly accepted and, and used in a lot of leagues now. Uh, but yeah, you, you definitely took it to a, another level with, uh, with contract chaos. And I mean, I don't know if a league title has ever fit what goes on in a league better than this one. Well, it is chaotic for sure. We had the startup a year ago and that the general idea of the league was, was I think it was the three of us actually guys we were sitting around talking after a podcast I believe probably about a year and a half ago a year 16 months ago something like that about the best maybe it was even a topic on the con, on the on the podcast the best parts of leagues and and mm-hmm. we we went through them but at at the end of it we said really the reason we're in so many leagues is because you get in an auction at the beginning you get to have that fun that draft at the beginning the startup and and we, one of us said, if, if memory serves me correctly, Matt, I think it was you that said, if we could only have a league where you could have a startup every single year. And that just <laughs> got the wheels turning for me. And over the next few days, I, I, I kind of came up with the idea of a way to have a startup where every player is available every single season. And, and the, re- the way we did it, Ryan, was we... Uh, we created four copies of every league, 48-team league, and there's a one-year copy, a two-year copy, a three-year copy, and a four-year con- copy. They all get contracts, and then clearly the, the one-year contract expires. That becomes a new four-year copy. The next year, you get a brand-new auction with every single player in the league, four-year copies, except rookies. We created rookie drafts as well, and uh, and you get to have that. But then you know that auction, which is going to be so much fun that's coming up here in a couple of weeks— but but we also threw in the dispersal and the second chance where Ryan, your team and my my own team, we threw our team back and we got into a second auction this year, really the first auction of the off season, um, where we get to rebuild our team once again. So so really the idea is is that every player is available every single year. There's a cap on the amount of years you can have on your roster at a time. Um, and and you get chances to be in these auctions and that rookie draft multiple times in the off season. It's a lot of fun. This dispersal has been a lot of fun, of course. And that four year auction with every player available is going to be a riot. We're going to do that for the first time here. Like I said, in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm excited to see how that goes. Um, I mean, I think when I he- when I hear these ideas, new league ideas that are weird. Uh, and, and honestly, I've kind of tried to shift the, the naming of these leagues away from weird to, to prestige, right? Prestigious. They're not, they're not yeah. weird. They're, uh, like that. they're high level dynasty leagues that are not for everybody. Uh, so these prestige dynasty leagues, but when I hear about these ideas, my question is always why, right? Because there's, there's at least one aspect that is always different from your normal dynasty league. And in this case, it's the fact that. Uh, when that contract expires, there's no franchise tag. There's no free agency. There's no way to retain that player. You lose that player. And the why, the why would we do that? And, and the purpose is pretty clear here. And you already said it, Dan. We want to have essentially a startup auction every year. So every offseason, we've got that full auction 
with at least one copy of every single NFL player in it. Uh, and we don't have to we don't have to join a new dynasty league to get that feeling of a, a startup auction. And if you love auctions, you know you want to be in leagues that have as many of them as possible. So so the why on this league is pretty clear. Yeah, why is is very clear. And Matt, you were you were in that startup. And I got to say, man, that auction did not really go <laughs> your way. Uh, you ended up with a whole pile of quarterbacks and that roster of the 2021 season looked like a mess. What happened, dude? You're, you're a good yeah. auction player. Yeah, I, I tried something completely different uh, once I saw I, – I, I, my memory is real bad. So if I'm remembering right, uh, lots of the top players were just going astronomically over budget in the startup for that league. And I at some point decided, you know what, I'm going to try to acquire a bunch of cheap young quarterbacks. And uh, unfortunately, none of those guys hit. So – that didn't work out too well. Um, yeah, but, yeah, you know. it was a it was a murderer's row, really. Outside of Mac <laughs> Jones, who who worked out pretty well, especially considering what you paid. You got Sam Darnold, Trevor Lawrence, who is disappointing as a rookie. Baker Mayfield, we all know what happened in yeah. Cleveland last year, and Deshaun Watson, who sat out the entire season. <laughs> so it was kind of rough for you there, Matt. But it it has been a fun league. We uh, we're gonna. We're gonna have that that four year auction here coming up. Uh, maybe I'll maybe I'll break out the Twitter machine and 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 actually tweet a few times during that and give some details on that. So if you want to hear about that auction, follow me at dmiler22 on Twitter. Follow Ryan all the time at ryanmc23. Matt's at Matt Price FF, and don't forget following the podcast as well you can get at us at dlf podcast we appreciate all of you for listening to this episode of the dlf dynasty podcast we're going to continue to keep dynasty weird or at least keep dynasty prestigious here on the pod lots of fun stuff to 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 get to as the off season progresses and we get closer and closer to football again thanks for listening we'll catch you again next week Thank you for listening to the DLF Dynasty Podcast. Please remember to rate and review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.